Accelerate Your Firm's Growth by Getting Out of the Way, Episode 296. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, Introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another uh, episode here on the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel. And uh, today I want to talk about a topic that comes up a lot in my coaching groups and in a lot of conversations with guests on the podcast and out in the various places where conversations are happening, like Facebook and um, I don't know, are people still using, what was that app that was like a fleeting uh, thing that came came and went? Um, the audio app? I don't even remember the name of it. That's uh, That <laughs> says something about... Uh, new new social media platforms, see how long they last. Um, anyway, Clubhouse was the app. Uh, so everybody knows in theory uh, that, and I shouldn't say this, everybody knows because not everybody knows, but there's a book by Michael Gerber called E-Myth and it's very well known and very well read. And uh, if you didn't read Emeth, maybe you heard it from somewhere else, but you pretty much know that if you hold on to all the tasks that you do, that you are going to prevent yourself from being able to grow. And you have to step into the role of business owner and out of the role of the technician. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean, the technician? So, the, in the book, The Emeth, he, he talks about a woman, I forget her name, was it Rhonda, who is a baker, and she starts a bakery, but she is a baker, right? She is not a business owner, and she is doing all of the work. She's opening the store, she's doing the actual baking, and she's serving the customers, and she's closing the store, and it's impossible for her to grow because she's doing it all. And um, she also is frazzled and stressed out, has no time because every waking moment is in her store. So he paints the picture of, you know, what does she have to do? Well, first she hires somebody to go behind the counter. And ultimately it comes down to, you know, if I want my bakery to grow, like if I want it to be successful and I want to be able to open more locations and all of that, then I need to hire somebody to do the baking. I need to, I need to be able to step away from having hands on in anything that I'm doing. And that's the progression that a lawyer goes through, right? The, instead of a baker, you're a lawyer, but essentially it's the same concept when you start your law firm, you start it by yourself, usually. Some people are smart enough not to do that. But you start it by yourself, and you're doing everything. You're doing, you're cleaning the toilets. You're turning the lights on in the morning. You're putting up the pot of coffee. You are answering the phone. You're doing the marketing. 
You're going out and trying to meet people. You're doing the legal work. You're doing them. You're putting stamps on envelopes and mailing them out. Uh, you're literally doing everything. You're doing the billing. You're doing the bookkeeping, the accounting. And then as you grow, you start to realize you can't do everything. And that's really where I want to focus this episode. Because what happens when you can't do everything? What do you do? And this is where things get a little bit confusing or a little bit muddy or unclear because there is no rule book. There's no instruction manual. There's nothing showing you what you need to do. And you clearly know that you need something needs to give. But what is that? What is the something that needs to give? And when you're listening to this, you're going to be like, oh, that's obvious, right? I, I need to hire somebody. Yes, maybe. But who? Who do you hire? Do you hire a bookkeeper? Do you hire a receptionist? Do you hire a assistant, an office manager, a file clerk, a paralegal, a lawyer? Who? But even before you get to the question of who, there is the question of, have I already created efficiencies with what I do? Have I already created efficiencies with the systems that I'm using in place that hiring somebody is the right next step? Um, and this is a really interesting juncture to start the conversation because I actually don't think it would be a good use of your time as the one-man show to, or one-woman show, I am not picking a gender here, to try to figure out how to automate a bunch of stuff in a piece of software. I don't really think that's a good use of your time. And therefore, I do think that you should look into the potential of hiring somebody to come in and do that whether it's an employee or a contractor or a company that does that. I know my friend Melanie Leonard does this for a lot of law firm owners, and you can check out her business at streamline.legal. A uh, little plug there for you, Melanie. And um, the truth is, is that you, when, when you are overwhelmed, nothing gets done. Like your efficiencies fall away no matter how good you are, no matter how efficient you try to be, it's impossible because you can't keep doing what you're doing and not answer the phone, right? You can't sit, sit there and close your door for 60 minutes and say, I'm not going to be disturbed for 60 minutes because when that phone rings, you're going to want to answer it. What if it's a client emergency? What if it's a potential new client? I'm going to miss that call. And you'd be right. You shouldn't be missing that call. But that is going to interrupt the flow of what you're doing. And all of a sudden, something that should have taken you 60 minutes takes you three hours, four hours to complete because there's always interruptions. There's always things that are coming at you from different directions. And not only that, but... And I think I spoke about this on another podcast episode, but I might be confusing it with um, a coaching call that I did with my with my clients. Um, and by the way, if 
you're interested in finding out more about our coaching program, you can actually book a free coaching call at profitwithlaw.com forward slash free coaching, profitwithlaw.com forward slash free coaching. Um, but it is not a, it's not a veiled sales call, but you will be offered our coaching program at the end of it. So definitely do not be surprised about that. Uh, but if you are interested in looking for the key to rapid success in the next 12 to 18 months, then book a call and have a conversation with one of our coaches and they will help you figure out what is getting in your way and stopping you from moving forward, um, identifying that and coming up with a plan of action of how to overcome that. So let's, let's take a step back and let's talk about this conundrum of I'm too busy and I know that I can't do it all but I'm kind of stuck. Now, there's two reasons why somebody would be stuck here. Reason number one is they feel like they can't afford to hire somebody. And reason number two is they don't know who or whom to hire. In other words, which position to fill. Now, I'm going to tell you that you don't have to go straight to hiring somebody because there are a lot of services that you can contract to and you can get fractional work. For example, our friends over at Smith AI. Smith AI is the top reception service for law firms. Go to profitwithlaw.com forward slash Smith AI to get whatever current discount or promotion that they have running. I, I don't even, I can't keep on top of it, but I know that they are adding stuff all the time. For example, I know recently they added the ability for you to use their services to do outbound calling. So you can have their people call your missed calls or your uh, potential prospects or leads that came in through other sources and reach out to them and get them scheduled or whatever it is that the next step is. But the phone ringing is the easiest thing to cause you a lack of success. Let me explain. In the Clio Trends Report, this comes up over and over again, but in the Clio Trends Report of 2018, 19, I think it was 19. I think it was 2019. The Clio Trends Report did a survey. They essentially made believe that they are seeking legal services and they contacted 2,000 law firms, 2,000 small firms in the United States. And the results were mind-boggling. A full two-thirds of those 2,000 phone calls that they made either were not answered or a message was left and never returned or they had an initial conversation and were never contacted back. What that means is that if you're spending... $30,000 a year on marketing and you're acting like the 66% of law firms that are doing this, essentially you are flushing $30,000 down the toilet or at least $20,000 down the toilet. Um, said another way, if you think that you can't afford to hire somebody because you don't have enough work, chances are that work is already waiting in the wings 
and you're just missing phone calls, not returning phone calls, or not calling people back after an initial consult or initial call. I was guilty of this myself. I was doing the, the free coaching call that I talked about just a few minutes ago. I was doing that free coaching session myself. And I did not have the bandwidth or the time to follow up with the people that I got on a coaching call with. Therefore, if they didn't purchase, if they didn't join my coaching program on the call with me, they were never given an opportunity to change their mind because they didn't have anybody following up with them and helping them work through the, the reasons why they should continue and take the next step with me. If you don't think that your clients who are seeking legal services don't, aren't human beings who shop the same way as everybody else with everything else that they do, if you don't think that they leave your office with questions of, do I need this? Is this the right firm to serve me? Is, is, can I afford this thing right now? They're having those conversations. And it's up to you to get back in touch with them. And I don't mean you personally, because we could talk about who should be doing this. But it's up to you, the law firm, to get back in touch with them and to help them work through that, to help them get reminded why they need to spend that money right now, to help them get reminded why you're the right firm to get the job done for them. And guess what? If they go and they meet with three law firms, how many of those law firms are calling them back, following up with them? If you're the one that does that, it's going to be an easy decision for them. So all of this kind of detour on this episode's topic to highlight the fact that one of the easiest things that you can put into place, it is the least expensive. It costs a lot less than hiring a staff person and you get an army of receptionists at your disposal. One of the easiest things that you can do is bring on Smith AI and stop the phone ringing in your office. Now, people are going to have resistance. They're going to say, no, I want to be the one to answer because when a receptionist answers, especially if it's a virtual receptionist, they don't really know how to handle the call. It's much better if I answer the call. Wrong. Why? Not because you don't do a better job than them when you answer the phone. You probably do. But it's better to get the phone answered by somebody and they talk to a live person and know that they got in touch with the firm and they know what the next steps are, even if it's a call back, than to interrupt you and cost you precious hours and minutes of your billable time to waste on a call that could have been answered by somebody who you're paying pennies for that call. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to hold on to it. It doesn't make, when you start to look at the productivity gained, try it. Go just engage somebody. It doesn't have to be Smith. I don't care who it is. Go engage somebody, virtual reception service, and try it. Turn off your phones for a month. Commit to 30 days. Commit to 30 days of my phones are getting answered by this outside reception service company, whoever it is. Yes, you have to come up with a script. You have to come up with, this is what I want them to do. But even if they're a glorified answering machine and you decide that I'm going to have two pockets of time a day from 12 to 1 and from 4 to 5, I'm going to call people back. And all they're doing is they're setting an expectation. I'm going to relay your, your message to attorney so-and-so 
and they will give you a call back between the hours of 12 and 1. Or if it's after 1 o'clock, they'll give you a call back between the hours of two, uh, between the hours of 4 and 5. That simple step, I guarantee you, is going to give you a ton more productivity than you have right now. And that's, it's so easy. You don't have to hire somebody for that. So you need to start thinking about starting at the easy things, the, 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 the low-hanging fruit. And I know that a lot of our podcast listeners are not solo attorneys. You're much further along in the journey. So don't worry, I'm getting to you too. But I want to start at the easy part, the at the beginning. The folks that are that are have not even that have not even outsourced their calls. Now, even somebody who has a full time receptionist should have a reception service. Why? Because your full time receptionist can be sick, they can be in the bathroom, they could be on another call, and you've got after hours. So there should always be a live person answering your phone every every day probably seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And if you think that because you're doing wills and estate plans or you're doing, you're supporting businesses or you're whatever, whatever your practice area, if you think, oh, my practice area, nobody's calling me at nine o'clock at night. Put in an answering service and see how many calls you've been missing. Oh, I haven't been missing any calls. There's nobody leaving messages on my answering machine. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have a problem right now at 9.30 at night, and they want to find a solution. Now, what happens is when you have a reception service, you can then tell Google, I'm open 24 hours a day. So now when they're looking for a law firm and they find you and you're open 24 hours a day, guess who they're calling? So they're going to call you, and now you're gonna, that, that's going to get answered by a live person who's going to now set the expectation of when they're going to get a call back, which will be the next day or whatever it is. But it's been answered and they already know that their solution is already in progress. So reception service is like one of the basics. Another thing that you can do is you can do a virtual assistant. Now, why do I jump to a virtual assistant over an in-person assistant? There's two reasons. Number one, because... It is a tough job market right now. And it is a lot harder to find somebody who's willing to come in for five hours a week, 10 hours a week, and that's it, than it is to find someone who is willing to work from their home for 10 hours a week. Now, that's if you want them for a fractional amount of time. If you want them for a full amount of time, our friends over at Get Staffed Up, which you can go to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Get Staffed Up and get $750 off when you start with them. They provide a 40-hour a week full-time virtual assistant for $1,850 a month. Now, they are not trained to work with law firms just because they get staffed up is specifically for law firms doesn't mean that their staffers are trained for law firms. They are virtual assistants. They come on board with a clean slate. You have to train them. But you get to train them and you get to have all those hours at your disposal. Do you know what it would cost you if you had to if you had to pay $25 an hour in your local market to get somebody with half a brain on their shoulders to come in and work at your firm 
I'm, I'm literally opening a calculator as we're speaking. I'm not going to do live math here on the podcast, right? So if you were to um, hire somebody for $25 an hour, I'm going to take this $1,850 divided by $25 an hour. That would give you 74 hours. Divide that by four, 18 hours a week. And that's before taxes and all that stuff, right? Because if you're paying somebody salary, whether it's hourly or whatever, you're paying them salary, you're going to have to pay taxes on that. You're going to have to potentially have insurance, work with comp, all that stuff, right? These virtual assistants with Get Staffed Up are overseas. No, they're not overseas. They're out of the country. They might be overseas. They're in the same time zone. They are They are very articulate, well-speaking, English-speaking people. They're educated. They just happen to live in a country where this kind of money is a lot to them. And Get Up does a great job of finding them, vetting them, getting you the right fit for what you're looking for. But for the same price of getting a $25 an hour person in your office and getting less than 20 hours a week out of them, you can have a 40 hour a week person. That's why I love sending my clients to Get Staffed Up. Because if you can figure out how to maximize 40 hours of a virtual VA who's not in your office, then we can start to talk about bringing somebody in. Then you're ready to hand stuff off to somebody in person in your office. You don't want somebody to come into your office, sit down at a desk and be staring at the walls. You want to be able to hand stuff off to them and you want to be able to get them to be fully operational and you want to know that you have more bandwidth to give them more stuff. So if you don't need 20 hours a week of work and you're trying to save money, then yeah, you can find a $25 an hour person for 10 hours a week. That would be cheaper. That would be the way to go. Uh, We recently had... um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Valerie Trapunsky from Chatterboss on our podcast. Um, and I'll, I'll get that episode for you in just a moment. Um, and she, you know, they do as little as I think five hours a week is their minimum. Now, they're not cheap. They are, um, I think it was, I think it's like they start at like $50 an hour for, uh, it depends on which, um, it depends on which package you get or which which level of people, but it's a little bit of a different business model there, but you can literally get started with five hours a week at $50 an hour. That's $250 a week. That's still $1,000 a month. That's less than a get stepped up person. So it really depends on what your needs are. Um, and that episode, by the way, is uh, episode, it was released December 30th, 2021. So it was the last episode of, of 2021, and I don't have the episode number. But um, you can just search Valerie Trapunsky um, and her, I think it's chatterboss.com. Chatterboss.com. We might have a, a redirect of profitwithlaw.com to, uh, forward slash chatterboss, which goes there. So I'm not going to waste your time figuring this out. Anyway. Go check that episode out. All right. So you've got 
notice that the progression that I'm taking is from like the least expensive and lowest, um, I don't want to say lowest talent because receptionists could be really talented, right? But they're not trained in any sort of legal work. And we're going from there to virtual assistants and then from there to in-person assistants. And we're working our way up. Why are we doing that? Why don't I just tell you, go out and hire an attorney? And I want to... I want to make it very clear that I I firmly believe that every lawyer who owns a law firm should go hire themselves an attorney. Absolutely. And I will tell you why, because think about the math. You, as the owner of the firm, how much billable time can you possibly have in a year? You have all these other things that you're doing. Your billable time is capped 500, 700 hours, 1,000 hours. When you bring on an attorney and all they're doing is billing, they they can be billing between 1500 and 16 1700 hours a year. Okay? Let's just say it's 1500 hours a year. And let's say that you're billing them out at $300 an hour. That's $450,000 of revenue that one single attorney can bring into your firm. When you're solo and you're by yourself, I'm not talking about you've been doing this for 25 years. I'm talking about you're fairly new. You're charging $300 an hour. What is the max revenue you think you can bring in if you had the phone ringing off the hook? Think about it. Because chances are when you're doing the invoicing and you're doing the collections and you're doing the sales calls and you're doing all those things, you're doing the intake, you're doing the marketing, you're going to meet people you're literally doing all those things, you're capped. Let's say 750 hours you're going to be able to bill and do the same $300 an hour. $225,000 is the amount of revenue that you can bring in as the attorney in the law firm. No wonder you're struggling. No wonder it's such a struggle. It's a struggle because you don't have the capacity. You can't provide enough legal services to make the math work. No matter how hard you work, you're always going to be just collecting a paycheck until you bring on another attorney and let them be your pipeline. And you unlock this potential of $450,000 of revenue from that lawyer. And I don't like $300 an hour. I think we should get to $350. I think that we should... Uh, I don't think it should be hourly. I think we should do alternative fee billing and be able to unlock even more because I think that a full-time attorney should be able to bring in 600000 of revenue to your firm. But regardless of, of that extra extreme, we could use these more conservative numbers to highlight the fact that the fact that you don't have an attorney on staff is one of the reasons that you are struggling because you cannot... You cannot continue to try to f- leads bringing in leads, bringing in new clients is not the fix to your problem. Because if you look at how busy you are, tell me you're not busy right now. Tell me you're staring at the walls, waiting for the phone to ring because you need clients to come in. Yeah, if you're just starting out, you're in the very, very beginning. That's probably the case. But once you've you've been in business for twelve months, eighteen months, 
you should have clients coming in. However you did your marketing, however you let people know about you, there should be clients coming in. So the problem is not that you don't have enough leads. The problem is that you, you're not doing a good job converting the leads into clients. The problem is that you don't have capacity to serve the clients, so you're, you're motivated internally to not try to fix that problem. So you don't hire Smith AI. You don't bring in an assistant. Why? Because if you did those things, you'd have more clients that you have to do the work for and you don't have the capacity for it. It's part of your survival mechanism to ignore those things, push them away, even though deep down you know that they're going to help you. So, yes, I do think, and this, is, this was a complete tangent, right? I do think that you have to get to the point where you hire another attorney. You can, stay, you can choose to stay solo, but if you choose to stay solo, you have to be really, really clear on the fact that you are the maximum amount of output for your law firm. And you have to run the math, run the numbers, and figure out how can I provide the lifestyle that I want. Chances are you're going to have to get yourself to the point where you're billing yourself at six, seven, eight hundred dollars an hour. And I don't mean charging that per hour. I mean figuring out a way to charge your fees in a way that when you're doing legal work, that's the that's how how it boils down into how much revenue you're bringing in per per hour of your time. And it's possible to do. It's possible to create a nice lifestyle for yourself as a solo, but that's not what this podcast is. This podcast is not about how to be the top solo lawyer. This is about profiting with law at every level. So I encourage you, if you don't have an attorney on staff, to start expanding your thinking about how can I make it possible for for me to have an attorney on staff. And even if it means that you need to stretch yourself because you're going to go without salary for a little while. You can find ways to cover the cost of an attorney as they get started. And then you make it your mission to fill their plate. Because guess what? You might have been able to bring in 200000 in revenue. But if all you're doing is filling their plate and you get them to 400000 in revenue, you've already created a much better financial situation for yourself than you had before, even though you're paying them a salary of probably $100,000, $150,000. Because now you've got more than you had coming in for you, coming in for them, minus their cost. And I know some of you can't do math in your head like I do, so I'm throwing these numbers out, and it's not making a lot of sense to you. So I'll, I'll do it a little slower. An attorney who's fully booked at an average rate of $300 an hour should be bringing in $450,000 in revenue to your firm. You were only able to bring in $225,000 in revenue to your firm before any expenses. Now let's ignore expenses for right now. Let's just compare those two numbers. Now, when you hire an attorney you're probably paying them somewhere between seventy dollars and $130,000, depending on which part of the country you're in, what level of ex- expertise you're looking for. But that's probably... So let's just, let's just say that you're paying one twenty. okay? So if they're bringing in $450,000, they are costing you 
How much you got left? 450,000 minus 120,000, 330,000. How much were you bringing in? 225. That's the difference between hiring an attorney and doing it yourself. Now you're going to turn around and very quickly argue and say, well, hold on a second. I don't have that much billable work. I don't have that many clients. And that's where it gets interesting because I promise you the reason you don't have clients is because you don't have an attorney to give to them. The reason you don't have clients is because you are the bottleneck. And when you're the bottleneck, you create all kinds of situations that prevent you from getting clients. You don't answer the phone. You don't follow up with leads. You get new clients in and you give them poor service and they're not talking good things about you. You don't call people back after an initial consult or initial meeting to try to get them to become a client. You don't do a good job of follow-up after a client completes to get them to put reviews on your website. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of all the things that you're not doing because you don't have the capacity, the bandwidth, the wherewithal to do it. And because you're working so hard as it is, you create all kinds of emotional and mental stumbling blocks for yourself in this process of growth. Now, I don't think that you should go out and hire an attorney on day one. I don't think you should go out and hire an attorney right now if you're hurting and you have no bandwidth. I think that you should hire the least expensive person to get the job done. And you continue to work your way up this ladder of expertise as you hire people and outsource the things you're doing to give you the bandwidth to do more and more legal work. And then when you get to the point where I've already outsourced all the phones, I've outsourced the invoicing, I've outsourced, I have an assistant doing all these non-billable items. Now I bring on a paralegal who's doing a ton of the billable items that I'm, the legal capacity that I have, they're taking and, and adding to it and expanding it. Now I'm ready to bring on an attorney. So all of this to get to this matrix of hiring from the bottom up rather than from the top down. Many people make the mistake of thinking, oh, I'm going to hire an attorney. But do you know how expensive it is to hire an attorney who's then going to answer your phone? Who's then going to be putting stamps on an envelope if you, if you hire an attorney and you're not ready to hire them their own dedicated assistant, you're not ready. You need to add that. You remember that $1,850 get staffed up, profitwithlaw.com forward slash get staffed up, right? 1850 times 12. $22,000 is what it will cost you for the year to have a 40-hour-a-week assistant for the attorney you hire. I don't care if you're paying that attorney $70,000 or $130,000. Add $22,000 to their salary. I don't pay it to them, but add it to the cost of bringing them on and give them a 40-hour-a-week person. 
and you train the heck out of them to hand off anything that does not need to be done by them personally to that assistant or to other people on your staff. But I would even, I would give them that assistant to take care of their personal things. You need somebody to go get your cleaners. You need somebody, well, that's, we can't get a virtual assistant to do that, right? But you need somebody to pay your, pay your medical bills to, you know, one of the things like I run a family here, right? We get every day we're getting envelopes in the mail with $20 copays. If I were to sit down and pay those bills, it would cost me hours of my time. What do I do? I hand it off to a staff member. When it comes in, I take a picture of it and I put it in Slack. Boom, done. I open the envelope, snap a picture, put it in Slack. If I had an assistant here in my home office, which is where I operate from, if I had an assistant here in my office, I would have them open the envelope. But I don't have an assistant here in my office. It's virtual. So I snap a picture, post it in Slack, done. They're going to pay it. They're going to mark it as paid. They're going to file it where it belongs. I can know that once I did that, that could be shredded. You provide somebody to your attorney who's going to remove all their distractions in their life so that they can do their work and maximize the billable time that they have. So ultimately, if, if we paint a picture of a firm that's successful, you start to look at it, take yourself out of it. What does it look like? What does the org chart look like for a successful firm? What do they have? If you want, want to look at a firm that's got, I don't know, a million dollars in revenue. Well, we just did the math. And we know that an attorney can bring in about 500000 right? So we know we need two attorneys, two full-time attorneys, not a half-assed owner attorney who, and I'm not, I'm not talking down to anybody. But what I mean is, is that you're not dedicated to the role of attorney. You're not putting in full capacity, right? So let's take the owner out of the equation. What does the picture look like? Two full-time attorneys. Maybe there's a paralegal in there. Probably there's two assistants and maybe there's a receptionist or whatever. So your staff, each attorney is costing you 120, we said. That's 240. You have two assistants. Let's say they're let's say the assistants are costing you 45, not 22, 45. That's 90,000, right? So we have 240,000 plus 90,000 brings us to 330,000. Let's add another person, a receptionist, a frontline person in the office. Three, so that's a 60,000 person, so that's 390,000. Make it 400,000, right? You got a million dollars coming into the firm. You got beautiful staff makeup, 400,000. And so far, you're not doing anything. You have a $600,000 profit margin before overhead, before technology, before rent. Let's say that technology and rent and all that stuff costs you another 100, 150,000, right? Now you're at $450,000 of profit. What are you doing? 
in that in that scenario, what are you doing? You're doing sales, marketing. You're meeting people. But even that, at some point, you're going to hire somebody to do intake. You're going to hire somebody to do sales for you. You're going to have a marketing agency doing your marketing. So add that to the equation. Whatever. Put another 50000 on on there for marketing, right? Notice how easy it is to paint a picture of a law firm where the owner is not really doing a heck of a lot, but yet the owner is making three hundred and fifty to $400,000 of profit on a million-dollar firm. Now, I can tell you that there are a lot of law firm owners out there bringing in a million dollars in revenue, and they're making zip, zilcho, nada, making $15,000, $20,000. Why? Why is it so hard? Why do we overcomplicate it? You know, I mean, one of the reasons is because they're not charging enough. It's a whole other podcast, many podcasts we can go into. Many of you don't charge enough. But it, it, there's another easy way that you could do a gut check, right? I just sat here and I did the math with you and I said an attorney, full-time attorney, should be bringing in four hundred fifty, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 in revenue. So if the way that you're pricing your services and the way you're delivering your services, if you did the math of what a full-time attorney can produce in your law firm and it's not four hundred fifty, dollars to $500,000, bingo, part of your problem right there. And it might be your pricing or it might be the way you're doing the work. So I started this episode because I wanted to go into a conversation about how to approach increasing your staff. How do you approach this expansionary phase? How do you approach this phase of I'm sick and tired of doing all the work myself. I'm sick and tired of working 60, 80 hours a week, having nothing to show for it. I want to get out of that. How do you do that? Well, you do it by very quickly putting some people in place and start delegating. Start delegating the crap out of your law firm. Get everything off your plate. Get to the point where you're doing absolutely nothing. And what's crazy is, is that when you get to the point where instead of doing 60, 80 hours a week, you're doing 20 hours a week, all of a sudden, all your financial problems are solved. You know, this, it, and um, on Thursday, you're going to hear from Chelsea Lammy. Chelsea Lammy um, is going to talk about her story of how she grew her firm. She's, she's a unicorn, but she shouldn't be a unicorn because it's so simple. She understood when she started her firm, she understood, she didn't do it from day one, but she figured out pretty quick that the key to success is people that she needs to hire people and she needs to hire the right people and she needs to get them to stay. And she talks all about what she does for her people and it is crazy when you listen to it. I mean, the conversations that I have with some of my coaching clients about worrying about whether I'm going to pay somebody another $2 an hour for something is insane when you start to think about the throughput that somebody can have who's treated right, who's taken care of, if you hired right in the first place. If you put somebody with talent in that seat, pay them what they're worth. Take good care of them. Honor them. 
Trust them. Treat them with respect, and they'll treat you with respect. We can go into a whole leadership conversation. We're not going to do it today. I'll save it for another podcast. But ultimately, if you want to unlock your success, it's going to be bringing people on, delegating. Now, if you went and hired six people tomorrow, you'd come back to me six months later, and you'd say it was the biggest mistake I ever made. Because if you try to do this all at once, you're not going to be able to get everybody doing what they do best in the best, most efficient way possible. And it's going to just be a free-for-all. You're going to get frustrated. They're going to get frustrated. You have to approach this with a logical, orderly fashion where I'm going to put somebody in place. I'm going to get them working. I'm going to start delegating to them. I'm going to get into a cadence of how I hand things off to them, how they start absorbing it and doing it, and how are they documenting the processes they're doing. And all along the way, we're always looking for ways to automate, for ways to streamline, for ways to do things easier. But if you want to unlock the true key to your success, both financially as well as independence, time independence. It's going to require that you recognize that you're in the business of selling hours. And I don't mean selling it by the hour, but you're in the business of selling somebody's expertise, your attorney's expertise. And the more of that expertise that you have to go around, the more inventory that you have to sell, the better business you can have. So takeaways, start to identify from the bottom, where are the gaps? Are your phones being answered? Are people being followed up with and called back? Is there an orderly process for getting proposals out and then following up with those proposals and closing clients and getting them onboarded? Is there somebody in place to do that? That could be done by anybody. Anybody who's given instructions can take a document and get it signed by somebody else, can, can collect payment from them, can generate an invoice or a retainer request, can send out initial welcome emails and a welcome package, can book them on a calendar. There's so many steps involved in bringing somebody into your world, bringing somebody on that doesn't have to be you doing them. It can be somebody else. Somebody in a completely different country can be doing that for you. So get reception service. Get yourself a virtual assistant or two. And then get yourself to the point where you have enough legal work that for the first 90 days that you hire an attorney at least you're covering their salary. And then your job, when you bring them on, is in those 90 days, you go out there and you find them work. You go out there and you fill their pipeline. And the rest will be history. All right, folks. We got an awesome episode coming up on Thursday. I uh, appreciate you listening. Be in here. 
And if this is your first episode and you're not subscribed to the podcast, you want to know every time we release a new episode, hit that subscribe button. You already know we got an amazing interview coming next week, this Thursday. And um, if you have not left us a rating and review, those are pretty valuable in the iTunes directory. So if you can go on your iPhone and go into the podcast player, find our podcast, hit the rate and review, give us some stars, and then write a nice thing in there that somebody else who comes by and says, hey, should I listen to this podcast? When they read it, they say, yeah, I should. All right, folks, thank you so much. We'll see you on Thursday. Take care. That's it for this week's episode of Profit With Law. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with at least one person. Imagine how many lives we can change if we each shared this episode. Another way to share the episode is on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to you joining us again next week.